Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Resilient Leadership Podcast, hosted by myself and Bridget. Bridget, how are you? I am doing great, Irvin. It's so good to be here with you, and I'm just very excited about this topic. I really uh, me am. too. Yeah, absolutely. So the aim of our podcast, of course, is to help you lead with a greater sense of calm and clarity and conviction, even in anxious times, which of course we certainly are still in. And uh, I just invite you to stick around to the end of the podcast today because we try and end with a, a wonderful practice that you can implement right away. And we have a wonderful practice around curiosity, which is the topic of today's podcast. So, Richard, I don't know about you, but I'm hearing in all different types of places, you know, that curiosity is a thing now and, and the importance of curiosity. Is it the same for you? Oh, indeed. I mean, there's just so much writing and research going on about curiosity. And, you know, as coaches, we're trained to be curious, right? But it seems like more and more people are interested in finding out about how this thing works. And one of the things that has really struck me was this study that was cited in an HBR article, I think it was, yeah, HBR, where it said that the employees surveyed, like 92% agreed with the statement that curiosity is an essential skill for bottom line organizational results. Like it mm -hmm. is tied to innovation, right? But when they asked those same employees, like how often are you curious or are you curious regularly on the job? Only 24% said yes. Wow. So something happens in terms of this muscle that it, it kind of atrophies. And we're going to get into kind of a little bit about why that is. But well, maybe the best way into that is to talk about the neuroscience behind it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the neuroscience is really fascinating because, of course, you know, with, with uh, research and we're beginning to understand parts of the brain that different activities light up. And the same is with curiosity. So what's interesting, there's two parts of the brain that are at play when it comes to curiosity. The first is uh, what we know, it's the oldest cognitive pathway, which um, is really not surprising because when you think about it, like throughout evolution, we had to defend ourselves. We had to survive. So you kind of needed a little curious mind <laughs> yeah. and different ways of doing things because if you did the same thing, it was not going to be good for your survival. So what we know is that curiosity, therefore, activates a part in the brain of intrinsic motivation, which is really interesting because it's connected, therefore, with dopamine. And what dopamine is, dopamine is the reward pleasure neurotransmitter. So when, we, yeah. when dopamine is excreted throughout our body, we feel pleasure. So that's why actually curiosity feels good. And why actually when we're in that curious mindset, we want to trigger it even more because uh, it gives us energy. It almost like it pulls us forward. That's mm, so and, interesting. Yeah. So it's like inherently rewarding because a hit of dopamine comes every time we go, huh, like I wonder about, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and the other thing that the other part of the brain that's really interesting is that the hippocampus, which is involved in our memory. So whenever we are naturally curious, it also triggers the part of the brain where we remember. So that's why you know, curiosity is connected with learning. It's, it's a great mm. cocktail. You know, we feel motivated. And then also as we learn and discover new things, we remember them as well. So curiosity therefore is essential when it comes to memory and it comes to learning. And that's why it actually feels good as well. Now. That is so interesting. Yeah. So Bridget, we also know 
that when we introduce anxiety, uh, <laughs> it, it, it impacts it in a way. So, so what, what have you found out about that, about how anxiety impacts this curiosity? Yeah, well, curiosity is an antidote to anxiety. I mean, that's one of the reasons you and I wanted to talk about it because in this podcast, you know, this is all about how do we manage through anxious times? And it turns out that right baked into our very DNA is this incredible, powerful, natural ability that lowers the stress response. Mm -hmm. So you can't be highly anxious and highly curious at the same time. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it just doesn't work that way. As soon as you start to really embody a curious mindset, the amygdala starts to calm down that stress response. In fact, what they're seeing now is that that feeling that comes from uncertainty, that anxious fear of uncertainty shrinks when we become curious. So, I mean, that's, that's enough for me to want to practice it more often, right? Yeah. Yeah, I can so relate to that, you know, because I don't know about you, whenever I kind of feel anxious at times, you know, the last thing I want is to be curious. I just like, tell me the answer. I need to find the solution type of thing. Right, it, it, right. That, that narrowing is, is yeah. so evident. Yeah. And one of the things we can do is actually be curious about our anxiety. Like when oh, we're feeling anxious. Love that. Yeah. It's to be like, and this is hard, but to kind of be like, huh, I can really feel myself getting anxious. I wonder what that's about. Hmm. And right away, there's a shift, a little bit of a shift there hmm. for us to be that observer of the anxiety, right? Yeah, I love that. So, so then it's striking me that curiosity, therefore, is something innate. We've had it from the it, it, to be embedded in the brain in the way it is, and yet, just from that statistic from the Harvard Business Review (HBR) that you mentioned, we don't practice it, and I, I think we lose it. So, so. What is it? Why do you think we, we lose it? Because I'm sure kids are very curious, but somehow as adults, we're not. Oh my gosh. Kids. I mean, when I had my kids, I remember being so struck by the wonder and awe that they approached the world with. Mm -hmm. And I could tell I had lost some of that, yeah. right? And now I have two grandkids and I'm seeing it all over again. <laughs> so like what happens? I was thinking about this. I was thinking two, maybe three main culprits. One is busyness. We're, we're, we're so busy and we're about efficiency and getting things done and competence that as we become adults and we get into our careers and we develop expertise, that competence somehow tamps down the curiosity, right? Mm, yeah. And maybe also one other thing is novelty that as we grow up and we become adults and we put on our adult you know, hat, Things don't seem novel anymore. We lose our interest in the world because been there, done there, you know, got that t-shirt kind of a thing, right? Yeah. 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 So I do think it's a muscle that we literally have to take to the gym as adults. Yeah. Children don't. Yeah. But we have to be intentional about strengthening this natural capability we possess. Yeah, for sure. So it, it, is, a, it is kind of a use it or lose it. Use it or lose it. Yeah. yeah I, I like, like that. that. Yeah. <laughs> so what about this notion of leadership and curiosity? I mm. guess I guess we should kind of connect it to leadership, right? Yeah. Well, you know, as I, we've mentioned in a few past episodes this, this acronym called VUCA, mm -hmm. which is um, it's powerful because it gives us language, I think, even before COVID, language of, of what we were experiencing. And that was, you know, the volatility 
the uncertainty, the complexity, the ambiguity of, of not just work life, but life in general and managing change and managing disruption and growing complexity. And, you know, just from what we've said before, I mean, th- these are anxiety inducing activities. And so therefore mm-hmm. it doesn't lend itself naturally to curiosity. And yet, you know, even in the midst of COVID, I think the power of curiosity and innovation, um, you can see that because yes. I remember reading, there was a few articles that came out maybe about six months into the pandemic, whereby automakers, uh, two here in the US, General Motors and Ford, two in Germany, BMW and Volkswagen, had turned their assembly lines to reconfigure them to produce protective gear and then also parts for ventilators. And you know, as you think about that, it's like, that just didn't happen. Right. You know, th- there had to be a, a curious conversation about, yeah. you know, the natural thing, for, we'll just shut it down. That's life. There's nothing we can right. do. We can't get parts, boom, boom. But yet the curiosity pushed forward and it was, no, let's think about what's possible, which yes. is a beautiful, curious question. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of that phrase, necessity is the mother of invention. Mm. Because yeah. until there is a global pandemic, Sometimes we're just doing what we've always done, you know, yeah. and we're we're not being curious and we're being even resistant to the exploration of totally new ideas. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So that that's the upside of of the pandemic in the sense that there were a lot of people who seized the day and became intensely curious. Yeah. 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 Very interesting. And yeah. And, and then there's another survey as well done in um, Novartis, which is a real global healthcare company. And one of the things that they found, it was a really interesting study about leadership and curiosity. Hmm. And what they found is it impacted engagement. So the more curious a leader, the greater the engagement of the employees and the less curious or the more curiosity they shut down, the lower the level of engagement. Uh, which sense. is just fascinating because, you know, we're going through, we, a previous episode was on the great resignation. So engagement yeah. is a huge issue. And here we have another connector yeah. about curiosity. So we know, therefore, that creating a curiosity or creating a culture of curiosity is vital. So, so Bridget, what's your, some ideas you have for how might we go about creating a culture of curiosity? Hmm. Okay. Well, I always start with the, the leader and the leader's willingness to embody whatever it is that they want other people to be doing, right? So if a leader embodies curiosity and brings a curious mindset, I think people notice that, yeah. right? I mean, if you, we all know when we've been around a curious person yeah. and it feels good, right? Yeah. To yeah. be around that curious leader. I think you, I think leaders have to give permission for their employees to really be curious because that means they're going to experiment and that means they're going to make mistakes. Yeah. And so I would say, I wonder what, you know, our culture is like around handling mistakes. Mm. And if the answer to that is not a particularly positive one, you could tell people to be curious, but they are not going to take the risk. Mm. You know, so there's some of that. I think leaders have to be willing to admit they don't have all the answers. Mm. To actually be able to say, like, I don't know, to, to a question or in, in the face of a, a challenge that maybe they feel a lot of pressure to have the answers. Yeah. But to say, you know, I really don't know, but I'm willing to learn. Mm. You know, can we discover this together kind of a thing, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that again, when the higher we get in an organization, the more we're in a bubble. And the more we're in a bubble, right? The more we might just be about the business of getting things done the way we've always gotten them done. And our our busyness, our competency may, you know, uh, impact our showing up as curious leaders, you know. Yeah. And 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 in particular, and you mentioned engagement, so this is what it made me think of. If I'm not curious about the people that I'm leading, they pick up on that. Oh. Right? Like if I just want you to get things done yep. and just go do your work and it's, yeah, it's nice that you have a life, but I don't really want to know about it. Yeah. I think that is a message that comes across loud and clear. So being okay. curious about the human beings in our midst, oh that, man, that's like so, so incredibly important. So, so then that... That really is about asking curious questions. Yeah. And I mean, you know, we're both coaches. I know you've been trained and, and, you know, asking curious questions again is part of our craft, but how would you, how would you share with people the importance of, of questions and asking curious questions? Like, cause people listening are not coaches. They don't go to training like we do, where we literally have to like sit across from somebody and not tell them anything. We just have to ask questions from a place of curiosity. Do you remember those days when we got trained at? I know. I know. Yes. And, you know, it's interesting because you've just evoked a memory when I went to coaching school. And for some people, it was a real struggle. It was a real struggle to ask really curious and open questions because so often in our mind, we are geared towards solution and doing and the quickest way to find the solution. And, you know, you know, questions are really at the, a life force in, in our lives. You know, everything we do is generated by questions. It opens our minds. It helps us to connect to each other. You know, it's yeah. a, I, I love that example you brought up about, you know, when, when a leader is asking a question of someone and it's really not coming from a space of genuineness, it's kind of yeah. pro forma. It just, it, it feels, it just feels so unnatural. And, and so therefore we, we actually know where the question's coming from or right. we know where the connection's coming from because it has the power to connect us. And, and questions are all, um, are well connected to innovation. So we know that innovation comes from that. So yeah, I think, I think the spirit of, curiosity is what drives some questions. And I think, you know, some questions are better than other questions, but I think at the core of it, you know, it really is, is our, our mindset. What, what are we bringing? Like in that leader's example, are we really bringing true curiosity or is it, I'm asking this because I need to ask it. Oh yeah. And again, we all know the difference. Like we know when, when somebody is asking a question in the spirit of true inquiry versus it's an inquisition. Like I remember one lawyer I coached and we were talking about the power of curiosity and asking questions. And he goes, Hey, I ask a lot of questions He goes, people come in here, they sit down and I just start going for it. And if they don't know the answer to those questions, then I know they weren't prepared. And I, I remember sharing with him the distinction between an inquisition (laughs) and an inquiry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he he uh, he he kind of laughed as well. He he yeah. could see that. Yeah, sometimes that's exactly what it was doing. And hey, that's okay too. But it isn't true curiosity. Yeah, you know, and I and I think it's really important for us to understand that the questions we ask actually 
how we approach things, our actually mindset as well, yeah. influences those questions. Right. I mean, I'm sure you've read Carl Dwork's book on mindset. And I love the image she used. She said, you know, there are two mindsets that we can approach reality with. You know, one is an open and the other is a fixed. And I think, you know, really that this is important for us to kind of a little self-awareness in the moment. Yeah. What are we approaching it? Because sometimes a fixed, you know, a fixed mindset is all about protection. We've talked about this, you know, how can I protect myself? How can I protect the situation? How uppermost is f- fear of failure? And that generates a certain type of question. Yeah. Whereas if our mindset is more growth, then we see, you know, what's before is full of opportunity. We are mm-hmm. optimistic. We encourage even challenges and, and feedback. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I was thinking about this, you know, a question that might come out of a fixed mindset could be like, yeah. who's to blame? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's the pointing, it's the yeah. defensiveness. Whereas yeah. like an open mindset might look at the situation and say, well, what's my responsibility? Yeah. What do I need to do? Yeah. Or like a fixed question could be like, you know, how can I be in control? So whenever we're kind of anxious, et cetera, control becomes a huge issue. Yeah. And, and, and yet, yeah. Well, I was just thinking too, that question, how can I be in control is mm. probably not one we would voice, but we, it's in our head. Oh yeah. So another thing to pay attention to is, are the questions in our own minds yes. fixed or growth oriented yes. questions? Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I love that. Like, yeah. how can I be in control? That's about protection and that's about anxiety. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Whereas kind of an open one there, well, what's my options here? What, like what, what options do I have? So, yeah. so I think, you know, that both, both the internal awareness of how am I feeling in this situation? Am I feeling defensive? And then actually being curious about our questions, You're kind of like what questions did I ask there? Uh, yeah. were, were they, were they interesting questions? Were they good questions? Because mm-hmm. Bridget, not all questions are curious questions, as we've mentioned. New, new, new. No. Uh, leading questions are often what leaders resort to, mm-hmm. right? Leading, yeah. le- leading questions, um, where they kind of have the idea in mind that they want to get their team to, you uh-huh. know? Yeah. So they ask a series of questions <laughs> to guide the team to the conclusion they want. Yeah. And we've all done that. Oh. I mean, I've done that. I mean, let's face it. We all do that as human beings, but that's not what we're talking about here in terms of genuine curiosity and using the power of questions to elicit discovery, Yeah, you know, to elicit innovation and new thinking. Yeah, And so you have to kind of ask the question, not with an outcome or an answer in mind. And this is what, when I went to coach training, and I'll never forget what my coach at the time said to me, he recommended a particular coaching program. And I said, well, why do you think that one is best for me? And he goes, well, the reason I think it is, is because you have been a consultant for many, many years. And this coaching program will beat the consultant out of you. And I was Mm. like, oh, that sounds rough. (laughs) And he was like, and and what I mean is it won't allow you to immediately apply your toolkit of expertise, your recommendations, your ideas, You're going to have to go to the basics of sitting with another human being and being deeply and genuinely curious. Yeah. And boy, was he right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so some of the questions that I think we could literally plant as like little seeds in our head, you know, is like, like how might, just Mm. how might we think about this differently? Love that. Right. How might. 
And another one might be, what if? I find that one sticks in my head a lot when I'm coaching. Before I ever suggest anything, I always say, well, what if? You know, because that invites a playful kind of consideration of an option as opposed to saying, I think you should do this. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, well, well, what if you tried this? Yeah. And doesn't that ring differently, you know, with somebody? Totally. I, I love that. That what if it, it really this this it it's such an open question and it and I love this the playfulness around it because I think curiosity and play are connected. So oh I gosh. think you know having having both of them questions that evoke that playfulness is so important. I mean, that's what children are doing when they're mm-hmm. curious. It's all about play. Yeah. Right? That's how they're learning, you know? Yeah. And then and then how can? So, you know, how might we do this? What if we tried this? And how can we, whatever, how can we be more effective when we decide to implement this? You know, though, if a leader has those kind of three little phrases at, at their disposal in any conversation, it can shift, it can shift the tenor and Mm -hmm. tone, even of a, a really difficult conversation where you're giving somebody, let's say constructive criticism. Yeah. Or you have to tell them a hard truth. Yeah. I think that's a place where we don't often bring curiosity, yeah. but we could. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. We, we really, really could. So Irvin, I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> why do you think, so at the, at the top of this podcast, this episode, you know, you mentioned the fact that it's, it's not something that we all keep at full strength. And I talked about it being a muscle that atrophies. Mm-hmm. And why? But I'm curious, like for you personally, mm-hmm. did you notice as you became an adult a waning of your curiosity? And if you did, what would you attribute it to? It's a great question. I, I, I think yes. I think there was a waning. I think part of it is, you know, I think part of it is just habit. I think we get into a habit of not. Um, I think looking for, you know, as a leader myself the pace of leadership made me want to get quick solutions. Yeah. And then the other realization within me is that I don't do anxiety well. <laughs> when I'm very anxious, I, I kind of want to move beyond it. And, yeah. and I realize that that shuts me down at times. It makes me less curious. And even, even something as stupid, Bridget, as time. You know, when I'm looking at the watch, I'm not asking curious questions because this has got me fixed, you know? And I think even the, you know, we, we live in, in times where we we're so crushed for time. So, so I think part of that is, is all that has left into kind of bad habits, which then has the result in me being less curious. And I think I've had to consciously attempt to really build up that muscle with different exercises of curiosity. And, and you know, one of the things that works for me as well, finding a space. I think, you know, if you can have a space that, that uh, for me, there's a room in the house that is, mm. is beautiful, full of light, and I love yeah. going into it. And I've kind of made that my little curious space. Yeah. And there's an energy there and I kind of feel, you know, so I, I often sometimes mm. say to leaders, you know, if you feel stuck, can you go into another room? Yes. And maybe, you know, you can, you can uh, be curious about something there in a way that you can't be because you're so, you feel so stuck in this situation in that room. Yeah. So I am going to connect all this back to what I think is maybe the most powerful insight we have about curiosity from a neuroscience point of view. And that is that every minute and every moment that we spend being curious, we get a hit of dopamine. 
And dopamine is that feel good chemical. Yeah. So, I mean, if we want to feel good, if we want mm-hmm. to feel better, yeah. really one of the most accessible ways to do that is to get into that curious mindset, that, that place where we're like, huh, I wonder. So Irvin, we have to leave our listeners with some kind of a way to practice that, right? Because I mean, we're saying we forget to be curious. We're too busy to be curious. So how can they practice this? Well, you know, one of the things I was thinking about a great practice is uh, one of the areas that I remember reading about during the pandemic is that people have begun to take up different hobbies. And it got me thinking about being a beginner. And there's a mindset we begin to be a beginner. There's a mindset we bring there and different things. And I think this could be a wonderful way for people to think about if they want to get into the mindset of being curious, just say, well, I'm a beginner here. What, what, what happens when you're a beginner? And, and we know when you're a beginner, you tend to ask questions a lot more. When you're a beginner, you know, you're going to fail. You know, it's, I mean, you know, if I'm going to take up dancing, I'm not going to be the perfect dancer. You know, it's going to take a while. We require some patience with ourselves. We know that like you you can't compare yourself because as soon as you start comparing yourself, you're going to shut yourself (laughs) down. So I think this idea of being a beginner, and I would just invite everyone, think about something, an activity you've taken up in the last couple of years where you have been a beginner and think about the mindset you brought to that. And just think of all the curiosity that was there, because I really think that can be helpful for getting into a curious mindset. Yeah, I love that. I'm even thinking like you could bring a beginner's mindset to your marriage, for example, Mm -hmm. right? Because I think we get married and we stay married, hopefully for a long time, and we forget to be a beginner in that relationship. You know, we could bring a beginner's mindset to a project that we have a lot of expertise with. We think we know exactly how to do it and exactly how to run it. What if we brought a beginner's mindset? Yeah, yeah. there's lots of different ways to practice that. And I love the idea of being patient with ourselves when we do mm-hmm. yeah. and being compassionate. Yeah. Yeah. As new learners, we, we, have to, we can't expect to be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. So anything else you want to say to listeners about this superpower of curiosity before we close it out, Irvin? I would just say, you know, curiosity, it's, it's so simple and yet, yeah. and so, so achievable. And we, we, we ignore, we don't think about it. Yeah. So I, I just think, yeah, go for it. And, and just uh, notice, notice about, uh, about being curious and just begin to practice it because it really has, you know, benefits for us. And if you want to hit a, hit a dopamine, if you want to feel good today and you're not feeling good, just be curious. Yeah. Get into that. Huh. I wonder. Like, yeah. hmm, yeah, awesome. Well, I feel more curious having had this conversation with you. And I'm I'm feeling like maybe creating a space like you have in your house, because I don't have that, uh-huh. where I can really go purposefully to think yep. about being more open, right? Yep. And bringing that sense of wonder to my day. So thank you for sharing that. And uh, to our listeners, we are just delighted that you've been with us in this conversation. We hope that you got some tips and ideas about how to bring greater curiosity to your life, to your leadership, to your relationships. And next time, we are going to talk about the secret sauce of resilient leaders. And what what do we mean by that? The three key ingredients 
that helps leaders to manage disruptive change. So we hope to see you then. Thank you as always for joining us and we look forward to seeing you next time. And Irvin, it was a pleasure being with you as always. Likewise, Bridget. Thank you. Take care.